This is a Gulf Stories moment made possible by StoryLab at the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Well, hello again, everybody. From the University of West Florida's Innovation Institute, I'm Christian Garman with another Gulf Stories moment. My guest today, Nicole Grennan, research associate and public archaeologist from the Florida Public Archaeology Network. And today we're talking about the ecological impact of the historical red snapper fishing industry in the Gulf of Mexico and its effects on the modern waterfront. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Good to be back. Good. Thank you. So, so that topic is a mouthful. Tell me what we're talking about today. So red snapper were incredibly plentiful here. And looking at historical records, we know this as far back as 1764 with the British in this area. And then looking at um, prehistoric sites as well, we see that in prehistory, Native Americans were also fishing red snapper. So it's been incredibly popular. Um, And early entrepreneurs coming from New England after the Civil War knew this too and wanted to exploit it for commercial purposes. Um, And early on, we were getting catches from three to five million pounds in red snapper. Um, And this is, you know, right before 1900. Um, But by the 1890s, we start seeing in historical records that there was some suspicion that grounds were getting fished out pretty quickly. And this was coming from not necessarily scientists, as we would call them today, but naturalists working with the industry here. So based on that, I mean, I know, you know, I spent a lot of years working commercial television, working in news. And it seems like every year I would hear people who love to fish talk about the fact that the red snapper fishing dates change and get ever smaller. And, you know, there's all these rules and regulations, of course, as there should be. Was that happening then? Were there any talk about worrying about overfishing at that point? So, like I said, we hear from these naturalists as early as 1885, you know, that there's some concern about overfishing. As far as conservation efforts go, like we would call them today, there wasn't really much of that. A lot of these naturalists focused mostly on finding new places to fish that could be exploited commercially. So, okay, so what happens? So, so why do we no longer see a huge fishing industry based out of Pensacola? There are a couple of things that contributed to that over time, and we can start looking back, like I said, as early as 1885. Um, the reason why we don't see it like it was at the turn of the 20th century is because a lot of this early fishing was catching the most fertile fish. These were the biggest females. And we know today that those are the fish that produce the most young. And so when you fish them, you're not giving you know the population a chance to kind of rebound over time. Um, so that was a contributor We do see a lot of devastation from hurricanes in the early 20th century. We call them the big sixes in 1906, 1916, and 1926. The Depression was a contributing factor to the recovery of the fish houses after those hurricanes, both world wars. And then later on, issues with outfitting an aging fleet. You know, the question comes up, do you buy new vessels? Do you put new technology on them? How can you keep this fleet afloat? And then, you know, even looking even further on, we have issues like the passage of a Mexican exclusive economic zone. So once the fishing industry had abandoned the northern Gulf, they went to Mexico to fish. And eventually Mexico said, no, these are our fish. And then we have issues um, related to new conservation right, and laws that were passed later on. Well, uh, my goodness, it sounds like we never had a chance. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long list. So, so last thing I'll ask. Uh, so how did the end of Pensacola's major industries like fishing, as we just talked about, affect the modern waterfront? So the waterfront as we see it today you know, reflects a lot of these historic industries. We see the remainders of these long wharves that would reach out into Pensacola Bay and these massive schooners would come and offload fish or lumber and take on other exports. And, um, you know, that has shaped the downtown that we see today. And really, you know, the Palafox Street that we know and love and all of the surrounding area with the restaurants and the bars, um, 
you know, is a result of this kind of industrial period in early Pensacola history. As far as commercial fishing goes, we don't have the large fleets like we used to have. There is still some commercial fishing from Pensacola, but largely it's shifted to tourism and recreational fishing. So we've just kind of changed our focus. Nicole Grennan from the Florida Public Archaeology Network. Love talking to you. Such interesting topics. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more golf stories, visit uwf.edu slash golf stories.